0: Love Hope, Radio. Good morning, folks. I hope everyone is having a phenomenal, phenomenal morning. Uh, each day, my voice is getting thicker and better and back to normal. I still, uh, as I go through the day, sadly sound like I'm hitting puberty. My voice will break. My kids laugh at me, and uh, and my wife thinks she's dating some youngster again. It's crazy. But uh, I tell you what, we are back at doing the recordings, the videos, the radio shows. Uh we got two brand new uh, uh articles out last night. We're putting a new a new video article together. I guess series together, isn't it today guys? Yeah. On uh, on a brand new skin La, law new startup company. We're going to have fun um, looking at today. Today is a phenomenal day because of the chapter that we are dealing with and and how we can help people and I think this is the the big question is here we are in direct selling 99% of everybody that's listening to the radio shows in direct selling, we already know that and one of the things that we do not cover a lot and I I think it's something that we have to cover is why the high attrition rate and when we, we I don't know what it is we come into direct selling and I would say a good 75% of us never look at it as a business. We get in here and we like the product. We 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 figure out that there's a way we can get the product for less than retail. So we, we join as preferred customers or or we say, hey, maybe one of these days I want to build something, so we become a distributor. And we never really look at it as a business. Of Of the 25% or so who really do want to run it as a business – They don't For the most part So what can we do How can we do it This is How can we lower The attrition rate In our business Whether it's inside The direct selling company Or in the field Inside of a humongous Sales organization This chapter is titled Business is easy Until people get involved Hiring, firing And personality styles And you may be saying But Troy We don't fire people We don't hire people Dave's already told us that we're leading a volunteer organization. I've been fired from a volunteer's position. I was a Sunday school teacher and the pastor had me fired. So to say that you don't get fired or you can't fire somebody, we're going to get rid of those myths. Just because you are leading a sales organization of volunteers who all are independent business people, do does not mean that you don't have a way to fire them. And you should be looking at ways to hire the greatest people out there. See, so many times we just don't get this. Now, one of the cool things about Dave is that he always has a beautiful way of sharing stories. And he opens up this chapter. He says, Gene had to be let go, fired, fired. Her big personality, her big mouth, her openly belligerent disrespect for me, and her gossip spreading through our little office left me no choice. There were only about 12 of us in those days, so one bad apple represented almost 10% of the entire staff. She was our only salesperson, and she was doing well with sales, which really made her get confused as to the level of power she had in our small company. I wasn't scared of her, but I'd let this trash go on so long that I began to fear what would happen when I let her go. Would I lose clients? Would some of the other team members leave angry because they were more loyal to her than to me? By being nice and extending too much grace, I had let several layers of misbehavior go on for six months too long, and now I was actually having some fear about my business. Because of an employee Now let's stop there for a minute We could change that How many of us have allowed Dull negative disillusioned downlines To infect What we're trying to do How many have allowed an upline To affect What we were doing See not only can the upline Fire the downline The downline can fire the upline and you're saying, Troy, I don't get it. What do we do? I mean, we we go through this. It's very simple. You end communication. See, in direct selling, you can communicate directly to the to, to above your sponsor. You can go directly up. You can have a meeting and say, you know what, our personalities just conflict. We're not we're not in the same wavelength. We're not doing the same thing. And you can move beyond your sponsor. Sure, you're going to not get a lot of things. But if you're serious about it, then you can go out there and build your own organization. I've seen this happen a lot of times. When you're in upline and and you're sitting there and you're talking to people and you realize after continually trying to mentor and and help them that there's no win here. They are not going to see the glass half full ever. If that is the case, then here's what you have to do. You've got to say, you know what? You're a great person, and I know you're going to build a great team. But you're going down this a different road than we are. So I'm going to be here for you, but since since you're riding a, a whole different cart and going in a different direction to get to the end goal, I'm going to have to tell you that I probably won't. I won't be able to spend time with you because I've got to invest time with the people who really need it, not the people who want it. And you move on. In some cases, you can actually tell a person, you are not having the success that you need to have here, and I think we need to find you another home, someplace where you can go and you can build something, and I will gladly help you do that. And you roll for it. See, we all know turnover is bad for the business. Trying to raise a dead downline is not always easy. But if we do some things in advance, We won't have near the attrition issue. We're still going to have attrition, don't get me wrong, because the further down into the organization you go, the less your influence is going to have. So people are going to start doing things their own way anyway. But if we hired the people right the first time, and if you guys have followed me any length of time, you know I hate this concept of the three-foot rule because I don't think it's explained well to people. Just because people come within hearing distance of you does not mean they're right for your business. When I ran my Primerica office, we interviewed people. There was an interview process. I did not accept everybody that said they wanted to be an agent with Primerica. Number one, there was no ship, so I wasn't getting paid on anything. Number two, when they gave me the 700 $800 it took to get started, get their licensing and all that, there's no money in that. The only money was going to be if I went out and did training sales with them, talked to their first two or three people, got their business, got them on the books, and taught them how to do the same thing, which which is, works phenomenally well. I love that concept. By doing an interview process, I could very quickly figure out, you know what? Based on this person's personality and the fact that we seem to always run around with like-minded people, this isn't going to work whatsoever because the people that I do business with that are his friends or her friends, they're going to be just like him. Now, I would still try to close their business and try to get some referrals, but I knew that there was no way we were going to be working together because they would not have the influence that it would take to get us the referrals we needed to move on down the road. I also know that if something went wrong that they would be the worst people under the sun to have in my team. You guys need to do the same thing. When and you may be sitting here saying Troy this sucks. We're going we want to build fast. We want to go for the promotion. I understand all that. But in the long run are you trying to look for some short-term cash if you are go drive a pizza pizza delivery deal. Or if you're looking for life transformation then take the time to do the right process coming into it. Dave shares in here that he sucks as as a person to try to interview a new team member. And as the team grew, he passed that on and hired an HR director who takes care of all of this today. And now their turnover rate per year is only 4%. Now there's another 5% of their crew that that leaves because of life situations. They have babies. They get married, and they follow their husband or their their wife. They're in the military, etc. But just of, because of job related, you're fired type deals, only four percent. That's pretty good. Where would your business be today if the turnover rate was only four percent? Wow. That's pretty, pretty stud stuff right there. See, here's another thing that you've got to look at. And I know that CEOs and founders worry about this constantly. If all of a sudden people start exiting your company, your team, whether they're mid-level leaders, big leaders, small people, if all of a sudden the numbers start to move, people wonder what's wrong. Is there something somebody sees that they don't? And a self-fulfilling prophecy can take place. Bam. One of the things that I admire about certain companies is that you never see them hit critical mass. At the same time, you never see them go into geometric depression, which means they go into the hole real fast. Instead, what you see is you see a nice, steady climb, a little bit of plateau, another climb, a little bit of plateau, another climb, a little bit of plateau. Every now and then you get a historical story like Herbalife where they were going into critical mass. Then they went into geometric depression. I mean, just bam, because of some bad press. And then how internationally they started to explode. And when they came back in full board in the U.S., they've never slowed down whatsoever. See, you get all kinds of stories and you wonder what's going on and you you can't tell. Because people are involved. But what you do know and what you can tell is the fact that you on your team and you as the personal sponsor can enroll and sponsor people correctly. Listen to what Dave writes here. I thought this was very profound. The person hired properly will perform better, will not cause problems, and will be more likely to stay. Once we realize it is much easier to take less time to go through a lengthy hiring process rather than rehire the position three times our quality of life got better when you work with fired up talented people who love what they do you have more fun than trying to gather a bunch of turkeys together and whip some work out of them what good is it if you sponsored 10 people this week if only two of them stayed next week and you can't get, you can't get your beamer your your beamer's going upside down what are you that you're supposed to do See, this is the issue right here. <clears throat> Hire right—that means attract and sign up the right people the first time. Now, there's there's a couple of schools of thoughts on this. Neither one of them are wrong. I do think that if we were to get the st- the, the strategic stats on this, we would learn that we would learn that I'm probably right. And, and I don't mean that to sound egotistical. I just think the facts would speak for themselves. There's some companies that want to go after large organizations and bring the whole marketing system in at once. Bam! I understand that. Not not sure that that's wrong whatsoever. I think it probably probably would work. I, I watch Huber Humphrey do this over and over and over. However, when you take the time to hire the right people and you've got the right leaders around you, they stick with you. Prime example is. America Financial Services. The 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 uh, the highest paid individuals in that company are the original founders that Art Williams attracted over 35 years ago. A couple of them have retired, but they they he attracted the right people and they stuck it out. He didn't want 125. He brought in I think it was eight people. That makes a lot of sense. It doesn't matter if you're in a binary, a matrix, whatever it is you're in. If you get the right people first, then the numbers will follow, especially if you train and teach them to do the same thing you did. So what's the 12 components of attracting and hiring, in this case, the right people on your network marketing team or the right people in your network marketing home office? I just think this is a good good question to ask. And here's what I would suggest. Number one, now, some of you are going to freak out on this, but I think you need to pray. Lord, I need you to, to, to bring to me the right people. Now, if you're not into the prayer deal, okay, and and, and sometimes that happens, if you're not into that, then, then at least sit down and meditate on this. You know, you people that are in the law of attraction, you know, this makes a lot of sense. I, I pray you attract. Think about what type of person do I want. I want this person to come to me. God, please send me the right people. I don't want a bunch of freaking crazy people around me. I want people that want it as bad as I do. I pray every day, Lord, bring me the right clients. Now, I, I push and pull for clients. Don't get me wrong. But I don't I don't go after and beg clients to come do business with me. And you don't want to beg people to get on your dadgum team. They either are on or they aren't. It's simple as that. You're in, you're out next. Number 2. Advertise and get referrals. Now, don't use scepterfuge marketing. That that does nothing but piss me off. Okay? You go over on Craigslist. You want a job? Join my network marketing company. No, I don't think so. Okay. That ain't going to work. That that is just that is just nuts. You know, you gotta do it right. And I just I analyze this. Because when you think about it, if you do things right, then you don't have issues. And most of the time we don't. What do we end up doing? Shortchange it. So we go over to Craigslist. And we tell people here's a job opportunity, when really it's not a job opportunity. It's a straight commission. So don't do that. Advertise correctly. Advertise in some places where you're going to attract the right people. Wham's is a great place if you're if you're looking for mom mom tours or however we say that mom entrepreneurs. Okay, uh, MLM socials a good place. That MLM beat is a good place. These people are hungry. They're looking for something. Cry out loud. Come over to my community, MLM Help Desk, you know, and and make some rock-solid comments on some posts and get people to follow you, and all of a sudden you're going to find you're going to attract some people. Look around your neighborhood. Now, this is a big one. The odds are the people in your neighborhood are going through the same thing you are. So look around the neighborhood. See if you can get some referrals from some of your neighbors. Hey, do you know anybody would be looking for this kind of a career opportunity, anybody in sales, anything like that? Get some referrals. What you may end up doing is not you may not attract everybody onto your team, but you're going to get some more sales out of it. There's no doubt about that. Number three, do the 30-minute drive-by interview. Don't take four or five okay, hours, Not at least not in the beginning, But take 30 minutes on the telephone. Matter of fact, one of the things that has worked well, Glenn Sparks over at Zango taught me this years ago, and Mike Boggs, I think, really perfected it. But what you want to do is put a couple of of sizzle calls together and get the people on the telephone and say, hey, I'm going to do a three-way call into what we call our sizzle line. It's going to share a little bit about our business, about our culture, about our product. Let them listen to those calls. Get some feedback from them. Listen to what they're looking for. You know, let them tell you a little bit about their family, a little bit about their occupation, what they like to do for fun, and and what truly motivates them. And listen, because if you listen, you're going to be able to know if you want to take it further than that. Plain and simple. Number four, ask them for a resume and some references. Now, I am not a fan, and neither is is Ramsey, of resumes and references. Who's going to give you a reference? that has anything negative to say about the end of it. Most people don't have the guts to do that. I get calls from Wall Street. They want to know about publicly traded companies. I tell them my opinion. Good, bad, and indifferent, I tell them what I think. I don't sugarcoat it because my friends run the company. I say, here's their strengths. Here's some weaknesses. If they, if they tighten up their weaknesses or they, they, they get some people on their team to take care of those weaknesses, they're going to rock the world but these are weaknesses so the odds are not a resume you're not going to get somebody like that but what the resume will give you an idea of is what their training, their background their education is then you can look at that and say man I don't know if they fit you know if the guy's got a, a master's degree or a doctorate in brain surgery let's say the odds are they're not going to make a good janitor if you need somebody that's going to go around and serve other people that so just makes sense. But you can get an idea. give you some talking points. Number five, testing tools. Dawn Billings has one of the best personality tests I think they are. Instead of using the, the regular DISC test, the DISC, which I've used and, and Ramsey loves, what I like about Dawn's is she's created her test to fit network marketing. And you can actually see... What type of personality you have, and what type of training that they would need. You can go to dawnvillings.com, dot com, I believe is what her website is. You know, if you if you talk to her live, tell her Troy sent you over there. You don't get anything special, but she'll she'll send me a box of candy or a bear or something. She's really big into that. She's also got some great social sites where you could advertise your business. Okay, but testing. Now I want to say something about testing. There never has been, nor will they ever be, a test that's going to show you the passion in somebody's heart. So even if their personality may not fit the position, if you talk to them and you can tell they are passionate people, here's what's going to happen. Those people are going to get into your business, they're going to love what you do, and they're going to rock the world. Dave tells a story in this chapter about a little gal that her whole passion was working with teens. had nothing to do with Ramsey. But he hired her. He saw the passion that she had for teenagers. And guess who runs his youth division where they teach kids how not to get in debt? This little girl. And she is thriving. That's what testing tools can do. Number six, do you like them? Man, this is a big one. If you're going to personally bring somebody into your business, then dog on it, like them. I mean, there is nothing worse than having somebody personally sponsored to you that just sucks and you don't want to be around them. If If you're not willing to take them home, let them meet your family, hang out at your house, run around with your kids, don't hire them onto your team. Is the money really worth it? Because if you bust your butt and do what you're supposed to do, you should be hanging out together as a family in some big, 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 big time trips to Hawaii and Australia and and all this stuff if you're in these companies. You're going to want to run around with some crazy people? I mean, come on. It's funny. As a matter of fact, Dave shares a story. He was looking for a personal assistant. And the last time that he was doing this, George W. had just been elected president for the first time. and. And like me, Dave's a big fan of George W. So he narrowed it down to two people. Brought this first lady into the office, and she looked like one hundred million dollars. I mean, just I mean, she had it going for her. She'd been with a with a top one hundred company. She was kicking butt. Things were going good. And they sat down. And he ain't started talking to her she been uh, found out that she'd been with that Fortune 100 company. But as he was talking to her, he'd ask which ones of the books or classes that she was familiar with. She said she'd listened to me give advice on the radio but hadn't read any of the books or been through any of the classes. And Dave said, that's fine, but it just told me that she would have a learning curve about what we do. He goes, but then she jumped in and offered some more advice. And she said that the advice that we give helping people with their money was going to be sourly needed in America now that we'd elected that clown, George W. Whoa. She was picking on a guy that Dave liked. You don't have to agree with me on everything to work on my team. Heck, we even fired a few Alabama football fans and a Gator fan. And if you know Dave, you know why that is. He's a, He's a Tennessee boy. He goes, but, Here's the moral of the story. If you're my personal assistant, that means you're going to be working in every detail of my life. So they should know that if I'm somebody, so they need to be somebody that I like. And here is the funny part. He really, he, he, This is perfect. Everybody should have this as a takeaway. Plus, if you're going to be interviewing with a CEO where every one of his opinions can be somewhere on the Internet and have enough sense to do some research before you go into the meeting. See, if she'd done a little bit of a Google search, she'd have found out real quick that Dave Ramsey was a George W. fan. Well, you can do the same thing. Matter of fact, I watch a lot of country music television. They have a series over there called the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, and they show what those young ladies have to go through to become a member of the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. And my hat is off of them young ladies. I think they work out as much as the doggone football players. But the other day on this little show, they brought one of the prospects in who was trying out to be on this year's squad. And the two ladies that run that organization showed her some pictures that they had found in her Facebook profile. And it was pretty bad pictures. Then they found some pictures that had been on another website that Facebook doesn't allow when they Googled this girl's name. And they made it very clear to her. This isn't you're not going to work on the squad because this isn't the type of lady that we want on the squad. See, everything's on the net. So if you're going to be interviewing people, go find out what these people are like. Check out their social profiles. Number seven Do they light up? Do they get excited when you talk about your products and the culture and and what you guys do? I used to get excited when I would sit there and I would lead the meetings at Primerica and we share about hope and opportunity and changing the lives of Middle America people, and being able to to help a family leave a legacy for their children. I still get excited talking about that. Do they light up? Number eight. Do they have a personal budget in the mission statement? Now most people aren't going to do that, but very quickly you want them to have that. Number seven. Or, excuse me, number nine, compensation. Go through the compensation, the benefits, the policies. Review that. Make sure that you understand what it is they truly need. Sometimes we hire people, and they're still going to be freaking out because we under-hire. They need something different. If you're in network marketing, some people come into you are dead, busted, broke. Do not hire them. It's not worth the headache. Number ten, the KRAs, the key result areas. Define. Explain to them. If you're a salesperson, we're going to want you to do a hundred calls a month, or whatever it is. Number eleven. I'm glad Dave put this in here. I learned this from Art Williams. The spousal interview. You want the spouse to be involved. In Dave's case, they do a. If somebody gets this far into it, they do a, a, a small informal meeting with the spouses of the, of the department head and with the spouse of the prospect, and it works out phenomenally well. Matter of fact, it was funny, Dave had a situation once where they were hiring a guy and said, we want your wife to come in and we're going to have a little dinner. And the wife called on the phone, ranting and raving, cussing. Why the Sam Hill, do you need to interview me? This is for him. I don't have anything to do with his job. When she finally calmed down, she'd cussed for a couple minutes. She asked Dave with a bunch of profanity, what, blankety-blank, why do you do this? What What's this spouse interview about anyway? To which Dave responded to find out people who are like you. They didn't hire that old boy. Number 12, always use a 90-day probationary period. Even in network marketing, let a person know, look, the first 90 days, this is a big deal. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to crank this thing out. If you don't hit any of these benchmarks in your first 90 days, this is not the right business for you. Oh, this is hard. I know for a fact there's some there's some leaders right now shaking their heads saying, you are nuts. Don't tell our teams this. We don't ever want our teams to listen to you again. But I'm telling you one, you invest 90 days trying to help an individual make it to the first rank or the second rank or whatever it is in your downline. And they aren't caring as much as you do and they won't do what it is they're supposed to do and they miss it every time then guess what it's time to let them go and move on to somebody that wants it just as bad as you do folks thank you for hanging out tomorrow we do chapter eight of dave ramsey's book Entre leadership the death of the salesman the art of selling by serving this is one of my favorite chapters Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow morning with me right here for realmentorsradio.com. Bye now.